0: Here's a feast for you. I just want you to listen to this and it's a little different than some of the others because in this feast I want to share with you the text that inspired my book The Fellowship. I'm getting ready to release a second book along the same lines The Fellowship 2 and I wanted to go ahead and feast on these verses and then read the introduction from the first book, and also one of the devotions. So here we go. 1 John 1, 1 1-4, and the J.B. Phillips paraphrase. We are writing to you about something which has always existed, yet which we ourselves actually saw and heard, something which we had an opportunity to observe closely, and even hold in our hands and yet as we know now was something of the very word of life himself for it was life which appeared before us we saw it we are eyewitnesses of it and we are now writing to you about it it was the very life of all ages the life that has always existed with the father which actually became visible in person to us mortal men we repeat We really saw and heard what we are now writing to you about. We want you to be with us in this. In this fellowship with the Father and Jesus Christ, His Son. We must write and tell you about it. Because the more that fellowship extends, the greater the joy it brings to us who are already in it. I'm going to just repeat that end part. We want you to be with us in this, in this fellowship... With the Father and Jesus Christ, His Son. We must write and tell you about it. Because the more that fellowship extends,... The greater the joy it brings to us who are already in it. We want you to be with us in this, in this fellowship... With the Father and Jesus Christ, His Son. We must write and tell you about it. Because the more that fellowship extends the greater the joy it brings to us who are already in it. Now I'm going to read that from the NIV, the New International Version, 1 John 1, 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. The Passion Translation says it this way, We saw him, and with our very own eyes we gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him, the one who was from the beginning, the living expression of God. The life-giver was made visible, and we have seen him. We testify to this truth. The eternal life-giver lived face-to-face with the Father and has now dawned upon us. So we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard about this life giver so that we may share and enjoy this life together. For truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. We are writing these things to you because we want to release to you our fullness of joy. Okay, here's the introduction of that book, The Fellowship. Regardless of whether you attend church or not, this book will help you. If you do not attend church, you have no intention of starting, this book is probably the last book your flesh wants to read. However, even though you feel this way, if you believe in Jesus and have made a confession of faith in him, choosing to give him your life, then you need to read this book. Following Jesus, Christianity, is not about doing what you want to do. It is about doing what Jesus wants you to do. You will stand in judgment before Jesus one day, and His judgment isn't going to be based on the standards that you value or the opinions that you hold. God is going to hold you to the same standard He will hold all men to, a standard He has given us through His Word. This book is filled with God's words, and these words of God promote church attendance and church fellowship. Before you hold to the belief that God is okay with your choice to not attend church, you should at least do a thorough and prayerful study of God's Word, asking Him to reveal truth to you. I recommend that you pray the prayer found in Ephesians chapter 1 as you seek to know God's will on the subject. If you already attend church, I still believe this book will be able to help you. If you are an active member of your Christian community, You probably already believe God wants you to be closely associated with his fellowship. But like all beliefs, in order to remain in faith in this area, you will need to feed your faith regarding these truths. This book will help you do exactly that. Feeding on the importance of the church and the fellowship found therein will help you maintain a strong stance when Satan tries to separate you from the protection it affords. God desires us to stand with and for each other in a spirit of unity. And you can be sure that Satan is trying to see that this does not happen. Let God's word keep you free from offense. And may it make the bond you have with fellow believers stronger than it ever has been before. While these devotions are journal entries that I wrote over a period of time, I encourage that you use it as a weekly devotional. Doing so will remind and encourage you to continue to get up and out of your house every Sunday morning, making church attendance a weekly priority. It is important you realize this devotional is not intended to meet all of your spiritual needs for one week. You will need to feed on God's Word daily, and you will need to cover many topics while you're doing so. If you want to maintain a good spiritual diet, I recommend that you read not only this book, but both your Bible and a daily devotional of your choosing. Okay, now I'm skipping to week 46. And it begins on page 105. Starting with Acts 9, 26 through 28 in the New International Version. When he came to Jerusalem, He tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, on his journey, had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how, in Damascus, he had preached fearlessly in the name of the Lord. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Paul, referred to as Saul in the above text, was a man who had been severely persecuting the church. The disciples were afraid Paul had not truly made Jesus his Lord. They did not trust him. He had become a threat to them. Fear is never acceptable. It must be resisted. The fear of man is not to be tolerated. Such a fear will cause you to lose out on making incredible friends that can be a blessing to you and many others. Barnabas chose not to fear Paul, and he not only befriended him, Barnabas took, him up, Barnabas took it upon himself to introduce Paul to other believers. Being a part of a group of friends is wonderful. It is important that we form strong ties with others. However, our aim should be to always include others in our circle of friends. We should guard against being exclusive. Paul, we know, now was to become an important gift in the church. If Barnabas had not stepped out, possibly even going against his own fleshly desires, if he had not chosen to be Paul's friends and include Paul in what God was doing in Jerusalem, the church would probably have missed out on the blessing that Paul became. The church should be eager to add newcomers, not adding them to their numbers only, but making them a part of their lives and investing in their hearts. We need to recognize that each potential new member of the body has immense value and can make our fellowship as a whole more joyful. I began this devotional by quoting 1 John 1, 1 1-4 from the New International Version and the Passion Translation. Please take the time to go back and read them again. Read them now and read them often. I am also very fond of how this passage is translated in the New Testament in Modern English by J.B. Phillips. I encourage you to look it up and read it for yourself. I especially enjoy how Phillips wrapped up this text. If you read the version copyrighted in 1960 and 1972, you will find the text wraps up in a way that depicts those already saved, those safe inside the body of Christ, receiving a greater measure of joy every time the fellowship extends to include more and more people. Paul was an important gift to the church, and so are you. So also are those new Christians walking through the doors of where you meet with other believers. You might not know how they are gifted, but they are gifted. God has deposited within them the ability to bless your fellowship. Romans 124 4-6a says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. That was Romans 12, 4-6a in the New International Version. The new believers coming into your fellowship might not even know they are gifted. But whether they realize it or not, they do have something special to offer the body of Christ. You just might be in their life to help them discover and develop the gifts they have. God has brought them to you for a reason accept them and help them become all God is calling them to be. If we the church become such a tight-knit group of friends that we don't want to welcome or include others into our lives, we will lose out on becoming excuse me, we will lose out on both some amazing relationships and some amazing gifts. I want you to keep on enjoying the close friendships with godly believers that you currently have. But I also want you to become aware of the people surrounding you that have not yet formed such relationships. Intentionally get to know others. Constantly choose to connect them with the people you already enjoy fellowshiping with. Proverbs 20, excuse me, Proverbs 18:24 says, "A man with friends is to show himself friendly." That's Proverbs 18:24a from the Young's Literal Translation. One way to look at this scripture is to realize that if you want to have friends, you do need to be friendly. That's not a bad teaching. However, what I want you to notice is this scripture is saying, if you have friends, you need to be a friendly person. There is another verse that says, to whom much is given, from him much will be required. Luke 12, 48b, the New King James Version. And yet another verse tells us, Freely you have received, freely give. Matthew 10, 8b, New King James Version. If you have godly friends that are a blessing to your life, friends that build you up and love you no matter what, you can count on the truth that God played a part in giving you those relationships. What I want you to take away from Proverbs eighteen twenty four is that friendships are blessings you have received from God. And since God has blessed you with people in your life you can count on, he wants you to not only receive their friendships, but always be on the lookout to be a friend to someone else in need. And then I made a note there that the J.B. Phillips paraphrase that I was talking about, the New Testament Modern English, that I have a personal copy of the Bible, and uh, it is not the version that I'm talking about in this book. It doesn't read the same, but that version is found online in the time of writing this book and when I read it to you um, at BibleGateway.com. Let me go ahead and read it again. The J.B. Phillips, 1 John 1, 1 1-4. We are writing to you about something which has always existed, yet which we ourselves actually saw and heard, something which we had an opportunity to observe closely and even to hold in our hearts. And yet, as we know now, was something of the very word of life himself. For it was life which appeared before us. We saw it, we are eyewitnesses of it, and are now writing to you about it. It was the very life of all ages, the life That has always existed with a father, which actually became visible in person to us, mortal men. We repeat, we really saw and heard what we are now writing to you about. We want you to be with us in this, in this fellowship with a father and Jesus Christ, his son. We must write and tell you about it because the more that fellowship extends, the greater the joy it brings to us who are already in it. Feast on it, guys, and I'll talk to you later.